This episode of Fearless Rebel Radio is brought to you by You On Fire. You On Fire is the amazing 12-week online group coaching program that I run where we build up your worth from the ground up so that it's no longer hinging on the way that you look. It's got personalized coaching from me and incredible community support plus lifetime access. Get details on what's included in this program and sign up to be notified when doors open for the next cycle by going to summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I would love to have you in that program and in that group. This is Fearless Rebel Radio, a podcast about body positivity, self-worth, anti-dieting, and feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 112, and I am interviewing Tiana Dodson, a fat-certified holistic health coach, about the role activism played in her journey, why body acceptance will always be an uphill battle, and the importance of language and self-compassion in healing. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summerinandin.com forward slash 112. Before we begin, I want to give a shout out to Straighten Jen Jen, who left this amazing review for the show. Summer and her guests on the podcast are completely changing the way I see food in myself. I have recommended Fearless Rebel Radio to many of my friends and often write down notes while listening because it is so impactful. Yes, I love it when people take notes. Thank you so much for leaving that awesome review. You can leave a review for the show too, and that helps others to find the content that you're learning here. Just go to iTunes, search for Fearless Rebel Radio, click ratings and reviews, and then click to leave a review or give it a rating. Also, take a second to subscribe to the show via whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. I would be so grateful if you did that. And lastly, don't forget to grab the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. Today's guest is Tiana Dodson. Tiana is a fat certified holistic health coach who's out to destroy the belief that you have to be skinny to be happy and healthy. Through her work with One Beautiful Yes, she guides women, femmes, and gender non-conforming people to reconnect with their bodies through pragmatic self-care practices so they can come to see that their right now body has actually been the right body all along. Tiana's got some amazing insights here and she starts to get really fired up in the second half of this, <laughs> about this episode, so I think you're going to love it. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, Tiana. Thank you so much for being here today. I am super excited for being here and I am so happy you invited me. Thank you. Yes. Well, I'm so happy that we were able to connect and that you were able to come on the show. So why don't you start by telling everyone a little bit about your story and how you got into this work? Oh, man. Let's try to keep it short. So, so basically, I mean, I think my story starts a lot of the same ways as a lot of other people's story, which is, you know, I've... I'm a career fat person. I've always been fat and I've done, oh my gosh, so much to try not to be fat. So I've done all the diets and it was exhausting. And even though sometimes I would lose weight, unfortunately, you know, it always comes back and with friends and, you know, that's fun. So at one point I ran into a health coach and, uh, I was like, 
yeah, she's got the real answers, you know, because I had transitioned like everybody kind of does from dieting to be thin to I'm trying to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because healthy means you're going to lose the weight for good this time. Right. Um, (laughs) so that was the thing I was, I was with this health coach and, um, her whole thing was like, I'm going to make you a raw vegan. And I was like, raw vegans are thin. I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. And in the end, I was not a raw vegan, but I did learn how to eat vegetables, which was something that I hadn't really been very good at prior to that. But what I did come out of that with was I liked what she was doing. She looked happy and she was helping people and she was working from home. And I was like, now all of a sudden I'm excited also about nutrition. And I was like, I want to do this. I love helping people. And I also want to be happy and I also want to work from home. So I'm going to become a health coach. And so when I got married and moved to Europe, I got an opportunity because I had to leave my, my job to change gears. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do health coaching. And I was going to go through this transformation. That was what was promised to me. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to transform. It's going to be so good. So of course, in my head, transformation means thinner, thinner, thinner. I'm going to finally get that, you know, skinny yoga butt. And um, actually the transformation that happened during this training was, it was like, wait, hold on. Like, I don't actually hate my body. And I'm actually kind of healthy. You know, if you look at my blood work and, you know, I'm active and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm happy with my life and my situation and hold on. Like the only thing that's wrong is that everybody keeps telling me that there's something wrong with my body because it's fat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's, this is, this has got to be, this is just a disconnect. There's something missing here. And so I did like what you do, you know, in these days, um, I went to the internet and I looked for answers because <laughs> I needed permission. You know, I just couldn't, couldn't just like traipse off and be like, yes, fat and proud. Good. No, I needed like, is this really true? Because of course, for me, like I said, I was chasing health. And of course, now my chosen profession is to be a health coach. And so it's like, okay, is it really okay to be fat? Is it really, is it possible to be fat and healthy? And this led me to the fat acceptance movement and health at every size. And I was like, oh God, yes, this is home. This is exactly what I needed. And it was, it just unlocked so many doors and it started to really like, that was really the transformation that I had gotten, um, that, that, that promise had been fulfilled. You know, this was the thing for me, the actual transformation where I now know it is okay to be fat. I can be fat and healthy if I do healthy things for myself. And like, I don't have to worry about my weight anymore. You know, I can, I can just focus on how I'm doing things and how I'm living my life. And it was just like, yeah, I need to put this into my business because trying to coach people to, you know, (laughs) drink kale smoothies and exercise more because in the end, everybody, regardless of what they're saying, I want to be healthy underlying that it was, they wanted to be thin. And so, um, through the work that I did, on myself. I also transformed my business to where now that's what I do. I help people heal their body image and their body relationship so that they can find what is healthy for them without focusing on their body size or their weight. Mm -hmm. And that's so needed. And there's a part of your story that reminds me so much of Amy Pence Brown. And I don't know if you're familiar with her or her story, but she Googled 
is it okay to be fat and happy or something like that? Or like, I'm fat and happy because she was, she was fat and happy. And she was like, is like, is this okay? Like she, so it's kind of similar to you. She needed that permission. And so that's where the internet can be a very good thing. I think. It's amazing. Cause I mean, like you, when you're, when you're coming up with these kinds of ideas and having these types of feelings, you're like, I'm the only person who's thinking this way. I, it, it just can't be possible. But, you know, with all the people that I'm around and there's nobody else who's talking like this, like there's got to be somebody else out there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it is so radical. And I think especially if you're in a health coaching program where, you know, so many people go into that profession because they have a diet mentality and, you know, or they're wrapped up in, you know, kind of their own weight st- struggle, so to speak, meaning like their relationship with their body. Absolutely. I mean, that was one of the hardest things was like, you know, on the first day, super, super excited. And it's an online program. So, you know, there's like thousands of people in there and they're from all over the world. And as you're like reading the welcome messages that people are posting, introducing themselves, like everybody's a personal trainer or a yoga teacher or they're vegan or, you know, like they've got, they've got some stories. Like I lost 150 pounds, you know, and it's just like, uh, it's like, oh God, I'm standing here in the corner and I am fat. Uh, Ooh, I don't fit here. What's wrong? There's a problem. Mm -hmm. But you did enjoy the program. Like you got something out of it. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Okay, well, that's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I made it my own. I think that's the other thing, too, is I I made it my own because I I wouldn't say that I'm like, I'm not really a rebel. I... um, (laughs) (laughs) It's not like organically my deal, but I do definitely have... I I question things. It's like, okay, everybody's going that direction. And that's like, great. But why? Because it doesn't feel right for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So I wanted to I would love to talk about your your manifesto. So I know in your one beautiful yes podcast, you talk about your your manifesto and some of the different components of it. And some of the ones that I love are you can't hate yourself to health. And if you don't like yourself fat, you won't like yourself thin. Oh, yeah. I mean, the manifesto, I felt was like, really important, because, you know, I'm starting a podcast. So I guess I have to introduce myself. And what better way than through manifesto, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is that, like, I remember one of the most successful weight loss efforts I had mounted, I lost 16 pounds. (laughs) And it's like, it's like, that's such a small number. But it's like, when you have like 130 pounds to lose to get to the BMI that everybody says that you're supposed to be at, Mm -hmm. 16 is just like, I did 10%. Yeah. 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 And it was enough weight to where my body changed. My clothes didn't fit. And like, my face looked different. And like, people started to notice that I had lost weight and started making comments like they do. And I just was completely uncomfortable with that. Plus the other fact that like, I didn't really feel better about myself because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, you know, like 16 pounds is really actually quite st- significant statistically. Um, and also, like I said, you know, it's 10% of what my goal was, which is, that's pretty big. But the fact was like, I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy that because I was only concerned about getting to this magnificent goal that I had set for myself. And like, I was not happier as a thinner person. I was miserable. My clothes didn't fit. Like my body felt weird. Like everything was just 
strange. And, and that was unfortunate because it was like, I couldn't be happy with what I had done because I had not done what I wanted to do. And it just, it was just like, I didn't like myself any better. It was, okay, now you're all flabby. Ugh, this is weird. The way your belly is hanging. Ugh, you know, it was just like, it's like, this is just horrible. And this, there was no love there. There was no love in the desire to lose this weight. It wasn't because I was so happy to be thin or because I cared about myself so much. It was just, I hate being fat and I hate feeling the way that I do being fat. So it's, there, it's just got to be different if I'm not fat anymore. And I'd never felt any different. So for me, I think that's, that's the thing that, that's really important to focus on is the fact that it's not about the weight. I mean, in the end, it wasn't about the weight. It was about how I felt about myself. The fact that I measured myself according to what that scale said. That scale was the be all end all. At the Weight Watchers meeting, you know, that scale told me if I was going to have a good week or a bad week. That scale was my life. And that is just a horrible way to be living life, you know? And then, I mean, also like, you can't hate yourself to health. I mean, health is something that is supposed to be a positive thing, you know? I mean, when you really think about all the things that health encompasses, because health is not just about what your cholesterol is or, you know, the fact that your blood pressure is this or over that. I mean, health is also about like how you feel and how you're going through your day, how satisfied you are with your life. And like hatred comes from fear. And if everything that you're doing is motivated from this place of fear and hatred, like the end result is never going to feel good. And that's because the journey didn't feel good because you're, you're scared and you're hurt and you're upset and, and you're probably doing very negative things to yourself the whole time, trying to get to this goal that you need to achieve because you're afraid of not achieving it. This is, this is not fun this is not nice. This is not good. And by the time you get to the end, you didn't enjoy the journey. You're someplace where, you know, you're scarred and beaten and broken. <sighs> what kind of life is that? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. what is that? Not, this is no good. Yeah. And so how did you make the shift to caring for yourself from a place of love and respect? Ooh, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for me, it just, uh, Hmm. It was, it was really a process, a process of coming to terms with the fact that being thin was maybe not the most important thing because it wasn't necessarily a small butt that I wanted or, you know, a small waist, though, of course, you know, these things are attractive as far as desires are concerned, but I just like, I wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to feel important and seen unafraid to like do things and just, you know, live life. And I started to think about all of the things that I did not do because of it, because of the weight, because of the love handles, because of the fact that my thighs rubbed together, that my arms jiggled. And I started to realize that like, I'm in my thirties. I wasted a lot of life already and I could get hit by a bus tomorrow or you know, I could live another 90 years, who knows? But the fact is, like, none of that has ever made me feel good. I have never enjoyed dieting. I have never enjoyed any kind of goal that I've reached through that behavior. 
and I'm just tired of hating this shit. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of my life being ruled by these stupid numbers that don't fucking matter. I want to live life and I want to enjoy myself because, you know, in the end, I was like, I find myself funny. I think I'm good company. I like my eyes and my lips. I enjoy dancing and moving. Like, I just want to do more of that. I just want to do more of being me and being unafraid of being me. And part of being me is also this love handle, this flappy arm, you know, these chubby, chubby thighs. And through these things, I was able to say, you know what, <laughs> then me also needs care. And so you need to go to the doctor and you need to get that handled because that's just love and care and you deserve that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of self-compassion, which I know is something that you feel is so important. So can you talk a little bit about self-compassion and the role that plays in, in your work? Absolutely. So self-compassion, I mean, self-compassion is something that I struggled with. I mean, I think everybody who diets and has a negative body image struggles with self-compassion. And that's, that's something that's gifted to us through our terribly fat phobic society. But being gentle and kind to myself, you know, that uh, instead of this whole like, situation where I, I eat too much and I'm over full and I don't feel good because I ate too much food and now I'm berating myself because I ate too much food and I'm going to get fat and blah, 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 blah. Like this is just a shame cycle that I just didn't want to take part in anymore because like I deserved better than that. I mean, I just kept repeating to myself that I deserve better than that. I am worthy. I am good. I am here to make a difference. And part of that has to start from telling myself and really being real about the fact that I deserve, I am worthy. I'm a human being. Respect is something that should just be a given. And I can't expect other people to respect me if I'm not respecting myself because there were so many things that I allowed to happen to me negatively because I just, I didn't feel that way. And I was tired of these things. Mm -hmm. And so it, it was, there was a declaration that I had to make, you know, I am worth being valued. I am worth something. I have value. And these were radical and revolutionary thoughts for me because I had always measured myself by my productivity or, you know, the raise that I got at work or the good grades that I had gotten in school or the fact that I took care of my family. These were the things that I measured myself by. Never anything that came from the inside, you know. And I was like, these are, this is so limiting. This is so limiting because I'm I'm allowing myself to feel good only if someone else praises me. And there's more to life than that. And I deserve better than that because I can praise myself. And my praise is just as, if not more, valuable than the praise of the others. Because I know everything that's going on inside of me. I know 
everything that I'm thinking. I know my motivation. <laughs> I understand my intent. So, you know, even if it doesn't come out the way I expected it to, or I don't get the impact that I desired, I know it came from my heart and from someplace genuine. And that's what's important. So through this journey that I did with myself, I started realizing that I was able to look at other people, other fat people, and not be disgusted and not think negative things about them. Because in the past, you know, when I was still on my dieting journey, I would look at another fat person and I would say, ooh, she doesn't look good in that. I don't want to look like that. Does my butt look like that? Oh my, ah, you know, and and just like, I'm never, I'm never going to weigh that much. Like whatever I do, I'm just never going to be that fat. And it just, it's such a negative way because you're devaluing yourself while you're devaluing other people. You're stepping on other people's heads, trying to make yourself higher, better. And this is not nice. This is not good. And when you develop self-compassion, when I can see myself, as someone of value, I can see everyone else as value. And I think that's the most important thing. That's so true, isn't it? I think it's, you know, it really does come from our inside. And then we see, we start to see the beauty in everybody else. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, then there was no there was no more jealousy. You know, I mean, okay, there's still jealousy, of course, because because we're human. (laughs) Exactly. It is what it is. But, but basically, there there was no more negative comparison, like, ooh, she's so fat. I'm so glad I'm not that fat. There's never that. You know, it's like, she is rocking the hell out of them leggings. Look at her. You know, yeah, like, oh, she put she put that together real well. Wow. You know, like, I can find something to compliment somebody on, just regardless of what they look like, how they rolled out of the house, I can find something to compliment you on. And it's because I can find something good about myself at all times. Mm -hmm. So what's your advice to somebody who wants to be more compassionate to themselves? Because I think, you know, a lot of people are, are still in that frame of mind where the critical thoughts are the dominant thoughts you know, what, what's your advice in terms of cultivating a practice of self-compassion? Yeah. I mean, the critical thoughts are there to protect you. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this is, this is just your inner self, your inner mind trying to keep you from being disappointed or hurt. And so that already is something that your, your body is automatically doing, trying to be loving So first, you know, thank yourself, thank your body, thank your mind for trying to protect you from all of these negative, horrible things out in the world. Mm -hmm. But then tell yourself every day something good about yourself. Remind yourself about something about you that you find pleasing. I mean, it, it can be tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny. You know, I really like the way the end of my left eyebrow curls. I like, I like that, how that happens. You know, it's so neat. It's got such personality, just granular. If you can't think of something big, Mm -hmm. find something to praise about yourself every day. It'll become easier with time. That's such a good place to start. And I think so often we just don't even do that at all. No, (laughs) You know, sometimes, sometimes I'll say to people, When's the last time you acknowledged something about yourself or complimented yourself or, you know, just gave yourself credit for something that you did? And 
Absolutely. It's it's amazing how often people don't do that at all, because it's like, why would I do that? We're so conditioned to do the opposite, to find our faults and focus on where we didn't do enough and where we're falling short. Absolutely. It's so limiting. Yeah. Yeah. This episode of Fearless Rebel Radio is sponsored by adamandeve.com. You can make this Valentine's Day and every day for that matter, one that you won't forget with this awesome offer from adamandeve.com. Through Valentine's Day, you will receive 50% off just about any item. Just go to adamandeve.com and you'll find thousands of adult entertainment products, including toys, lingerie, and a seemingly endless selection of adult DVDs. And there's more with every order you will receive a free romance kit. That romance kit includes a toy for him, a special massager for her, and a little something for both of you, or just for yourself. Why not? Plus, you'll get a free adult DVD to put you in the mood. And that's not all. They are also throwing in free shipping. So check out adamandeve.com for this special offer. Get 50% off one item, a free romance kit, and free shipping when you enter promo code code fearless at checkout. That's F-E-A-R-L-E-S-S. Fearless at checkout. Go to adamandeve.com to do that today. So I know one of the other things you mentioned as part of, I don't think it was exactly in the manifesto, but it was part of it is just that it will always be an uphill battle, which I thought was really honest and so I would love for you to talk about what you what you meant when you said that. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> I mean, it's true. It, it's always going to be an uphill battle. I mean, I've been doing this work on myself for three, four, for like four years now, you know, and I still have times when I catch a reflection of my body and I'm like, oh, God. You didn't, I didn't realize it was that big and it'll kind of like tank me, you know, for a day or so because you're pulled back, you know, like your mind automatically goes back to that place of, yeah, you fat ass, you ate all that pie. You shouldn't have been sitting around so much. You didn't use your yoga mat in three months. You know, like, I mean, your body automatically comes back to this, you know, these, these voices that we've stored in ourselves. And the fact is that like, it's not a one and done. Like it's, 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 it's not, there's not a place you arrive and magically we are in the heaven of body acceptance and everything is always good. I mean, that's just not a thing because in the end we are constantly bombarded with negative images of fat bodies. We are constantly bombarded with negative messages about fat bodies and it doesn't matter how strong your walls are. That stuff is going to chip, 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 chip. I mean, it gets in And you feel it from time to time. Or like, you know, you're in a situation where you thought everybody was on on board and then somebody goes, yeah, you know, I'm doing Whole30. And you're just like, oh, no. You know, and it's like, wait, hold on. Hold on. I thought we were on on the same field here. And and the problem is that, like, it's going to get better if we keep marching forward, if we keep doing the work, if we keep spreading the message, things will get better with time. But the fact of the matter is, is that tomorrow is not going to be the, you know, 
play the time when we find the pot of gold and everything is fantastic. It's going to be difficult because we're still swimming in the shit and maybe you're a much better swimmer and maybe you've got really good suit on and you've got a tank on your back so you don't have to breathe the shit. But every now and again, your tank's going to run dry. You got to switch it up and you're going to be weak. It's going to happen. The whole point of the journey and learning how to deal with these things and armoring yourself up and getting the tools necessary to learn how to be self-compassionate and accept your body is that each time you fall off the wagon, that fall is less far and it is much easier for you to get up and get back on and continue your journey. Mm -hmm. It really is about building resiliency. Mm, Yes. That's the word. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because we're going to exist in this culture. This culture, I, you know, unfortunately, is probably not going to go away in our lifetime. So it's about learning to exist within it in order to, you know, live the best life that we can, knowing that there's going to be challenges, because we can't make those, those messages go away. And they're so deeply embedded in our in our souls in a lot of ways, because that's the stuff that we were picking up from when we were born. And it's in our DNA. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of your, it's part of the way your language developed, you know, how we talk about fat in a negative way, and how we praise thinness. It's just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I want to talk to you about language. But first, kind of just on the tales of what you were just saying, is that why you don't use body positive in your work? Because it doesn't feel positive all the time? Why? Why don't you use that expression? Oh, man. <laughs> or there's other reasons. <laughs> so, so body positive is like this minefield, right? And yeah. um, or at least I feel about I feel that way about it. And the reason why is because it's been co-opted. Oh God, it's been co-opted by these by the diet industry, basically. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we're getting quote unquote body positive shampoo or body wash bottles from companies, uh, <laughs> like there's a problem here because they're not selling us body acceptance. It's not really what they're selling us. They're selling us a product, Mm -hmm. which is only, you know, for capitalistic gains. And the problem is that capitalism basically says that we need you to be a productive citizen and a productive citizen looks this way. And a productive citizen is only good if they are producing. And these things are bad and negative because, you know, if you are fat, you are overindulgent, you're not as productive because you're taking too much in. And the fact of the matter is, is that like all of this together just rips out the heart of what body positivity is. I mean, body positivity is supposed to be a celebration of health holistically, not your weight, but your mental health, your emotional health, all of the other things that make a body a body and a happy and healthy body to get us out of disordered eating and eating disorders. And this is just, it's not how it's being used. I mean, body positivity, people are body positive because they're losing weight. You know, I mean, I'm being body positive by 
making my belly smaller because, you know, this is what a positive body looks like. And it's like, no, 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 no. See, no, you're missing the point. It's just the message has been co-opted and it's essentially telling us that, you know what, you can be body positive as long as you still have the right kind of body. And if you don't have that kind of body, you can be body positive by actively trying to get that type of body. And this is why I really don't like this term, because body positivity ignores like, you know, the the general movement you know, not the real movement, but like the general veneer of the movement is ignoring the body like mine. Yeah. It's ignoring that body. And the thing is that I'm a fat acceptance person. I'm a fat activist. And by saying that fat bodies are also good bodies and it is okay to be fat, I am in essence a body positive person because I am taking one of the most fringe elements of bodies that has been relegated to, you know, all of the negative things and saying, you know what, that's a good body too. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And I, I completely agree with your observations on the body positive movement. And I was actually doing some research for a presentation that I'm doing. And um, I came across this article from uh, like a marketing magazine saying that brands that, you know, promote women's self-esteem, they were calling it, perform, you know, X percent better. And so I don't think we're going to see this stop, unfortunately. Like it's just going to continue to be watered down and and co-opted and made to sell the same types of products that really were trying to reject in the first place. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the thing is like when you're body positive, you could be anywhere on that spectrum of real body positive to totally, you know, just body positive flavored. But when you're fat acceptance, like there's no other thing you can be. <laughs> you yeah. either accept fat or not. And mm-hmm. so for me that that's like uh, that's why I stay here. Yeah. Cuz it's clear. It's yeah. clear what I'm about. Yeah, exactly. And I mean in my opinion there is no body positivity without fat acceptance. Like that's just, <laughs> you know, you, the, there, there's no, there's no separation. Like you do not have one without the other. Exactly. So now I want to come back to what you were talking about before, which was language and the importance of language. So can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. So language is, um, language is a magical thing because the thing is that if it doesn't, if you don't have a word for it, you can't conceptualize it. And there was, you know, this is not my organic thought. This is some smart philosopher person that I don't have their name in mind. But if you don't have a word for it, you can't conceptualize it. You can't talk about it. You can't break down stigmas or fears or ignorance over a thing if you don't know what the thing is called. So everything needs a name. And the name of the thing is significant. So you know, we're talking about a lot of people are are talking about like, you know, women, um, you know, vagina, vagina is a perfect word for this, a perfect word to to describe this kind of thing, because women have vaginas. And it's like, yeah, women have vaginas, not all women have vaginas. But a lot of the times when we say vagina, 
we're not necessarily talking about the vagina. I mean, the vagina is simply that uh, muscular tube <laughs> that uh, babies come through or that menses go through. Uh, you know, that's where the intercourse happens. Like, if you're having penetrative inter intercourse. But basically, like, a lot of the times people say vagina to actually refer to the vulva. Yes. The external part, you know. This is where you grab them by the pussy. You're not grabbing a vagina. That's not possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just not. You just can't. Unless you are doing something a little... Uh, more graphic than that, you can't actually grab a vagina. So we're talking about the vulva a lot of the times. Unfortunately, they're the vulva monologues, not the vagina monologues. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, that part that looks like a flower, this is the vulva, not the vagina. And so it matters. Like, if I'm talking about my vagina versus I'm talking about my vulva, these are two completely different areas. And so, like, for me, I use the word fat to describe myself. And the reason I use the word fat is because it is true. I am fat. I am a big fat woman and it is wonderful. I'm not chubby. I'm not fluffy. I'm not thick. I am fat as fuck and it's who I am. And there's nothing wrong with that. Fat is just an adjective. It just describes a part of who I am. Uh, just like I am biracial, you know, I'm half black and I'm half Guamanian. Um, just like I am... Uh, technically, I'm an immigrant into Europe. These are all adjectives. They're just words that describe parts of my identity. And fat is just, you know, a descriptor of my body. I'm also kind of tall, I guess, if you if you want to be nice. I'm like 5'8". <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm a little bit brown on a good day. Uh, you know, it's they're the same thing. I have curly hair. These are all words that describe me, how I look and who I am. And it's important to call it like it is, because also by using the word fat, I give other people permission to use the word fat to describe me or to describe other people who look like me. And that's a good thing because fat doesn't have to be a negative thing. It doesn't have to be a negative word. It doesn't have to connote all of the things that it does in our current patois because it's just a word to describe someone who tends to be larger, who has fat tissue on their body. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so by using this word, I am neutralizing this word. And I love it because if I'm in a space where it's not a fat acceptance space or a size positive space... I see people flinch when mm -hmm. I use it, you know, yeah. I'm fat and it's, it's great. I just, I love it. I love to see it because, you know, like they try really hard not to do it, but you can see because it's also judgment mm -hmm. automatically, you know, because in their head, they didn't hear fat. They heard ugly, unworthy, disgusting. Mm -hmm. um, and there, and of course, you know, that flinches, you're not those things. And it's like, I know I am fat though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so important, isn't it? To take that to take that word back for yourself. Absolutely. Because once I reclaim it and I've neutralized it, call me fat. I don't care. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter in what tone you've called it, but uh, it's not going to hurt because it's true. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so powerful. And now you identify as an activist. When did you start to identify that way? Do you feel like you were always an activist or did that shift for you? Oh my gosh. That was a real shift. So... <laughs> So I, I kind of um, stumbled backwards into that. I I was a relatively timid person. Like I 
um, was once called by a friend. Uh, she said, you're always trying to be vanilla pudding. And at the time I was like, you're just being an asshole. But, um, <laughs> I realized like she was giving me a piece of knowledge there and it took me years to realize what she meant by that. But essentially what she was telling me is that I try very hard to be palatable to all people. Vanilla pudding is one of these things that most people don't feel very strongly about. They're like, oh, vanilla pudding. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's all right. I mean, yeah, I don't hate it. You know, there, of course, are like three or four people who are just like, eh. but mostly people are just like, hmm, yeah, shrug, I guess. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, and like, basically what she was saying is, I never rock the boat. I'm always nice. I'm always, I'm never going to challenge anybody. I'm never going to challenge anything. I'm always trying to be polite. And I realized that part of that was, you know, because I was fat and trying to be invisible. But also, you know, I didn't want to rock the boat because I didn't really have any strong feelings about many things because I was not really honest with myself. So when I went through this journey and discovered this self-compassion and and developed this self-compassion and started to really accept my body for what it was and how it was, I reluctantly started blogging because, you know, it's like how you do it, or at least it was at the time, you know, it's like, you're trying to have an online business, you got a blog. And it's like, I hate writing. I don't want to do that. It took like a year before I actually got started. But I, I looked back at what I was writing because I was, I was only writing what I knew. I, I just, I didn't know what else to write. I could only write about my experience. And I started hearing people say things like, Oh my God, that was so powerful. And I didn't know that. And oh my God, you really made me think. And I was like, what? (laughs) There's significance here, huh? And that's when I realized like, yeah, this, this is activism. Mm -hmm. You know, in spite of the fact that like, I'm not marching in the parade, I'm not standing up, you know, giving the stump speech. Um, I'm not holding the sign. I'm not picketing. I'm not doing anything like that. But by being open and honest about my experience and my feelings and, you know, what I'm learning along my journey, this is activism. Yeah. Because I'm challenging the status quo. I'm leaving a breadcrumb trail for anybody who wants to follow. And yeah, that's a fantastic thing to do and a perfect way to start. And that, in that sense, you know, so many of us can, be, can do that, which I know is something that you had mentioned to me you know, offline was that, you know, everyone, you feel like everyone can be an activist in a way. Absolutely. I mean, we think when we think activist, we think Martin Luther King Jr. We think Malala Yousafzai. I mean, we think of these personalities, these people who are larger than life, but like, it doesn't, it it takes more than just them. You know, I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. didn't change everything by himself. He started a movement and that movement had people behind it many many multitudes of people and and that's the thing is that like there is going to be an activist at the front there is going to be somebody who's got the bullhorn and is leading the way but then there's also a lot of people in the back who are just quietly marching along and then there's also the people who are going to be sitting on the sidelines Mm -hmm. showing their support and then there's going to be the people who are going to be telling their friends about it and there are the people who are going to be sharing the link on Facebook. And 
like not everybody can get up and do what Martin Luther King Jr. did. But every time that you are unapologetic about your truth, you are being an activist. You are doing something actively to change the status quo, especially if your truth is outside of the status quo. Oh, that's so good. Well, I'm going to leave it on that note because that was such a good quote there. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. Where can people find more of you? And I know you have a virtual conference, so tell everybody about that too. Oh, gosh. So I'm currently elbow deep in putting together this virtual conference called In This Body, Navigating Medical Care in a Bigger Body. And all I'm going to bring together, I'm bringing together a panel of medical professionals who are going to talk about the realities of living in a fat body and what that really means. So the realities of diabetes and fat, infertility and fat, how to advocate for yourself when you go to the doctor and your doctor says, oh, can't do that because you're too fat. Basically, we need to care for ourselves regardless of the size of our body. And when we walk into a medical professional's office and we're asking for care and they are diagnosing us fat and prescribing us weight loss, they are not actually giving us the care that we deserve. Mm -hmm. So this conference is all about what is the care we can actually get? And how do we get the care we deserve? Oh, that's amazing. This is so needed. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Good for you. That's so good. (laughs) I'm going to share that for sure. And then outside of the virtual conference, where can people find more of you? Well, I've got a website. I hang out on Facebook quite a lot. And I do a podcast like you know, you mentioned earlier. So I have the One Beautiful Yes podcast. So the one beautiful yes podcast.com. And I'm on Facebook. So you can find me at facebook.com backslash Tiana the coach. And yeah, Twitter, kind of and Instagram. Perfect. Awesome. And your website too, which everything will be linked to in the show notes. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Tiana. You're amazing. I'm so glad we got to have you on the show today. And I can't wait to share this. And I can't wait to tell people about your virtual conference too. Thank you. I'm so happy to have been here. And I, oh, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Rock on. As you heard me say at the end there, there were just so many good quotes in that episode. I think that's what I said at the end. At least that's what I think I said. <laughs> I'm recording this a little bit after the fact. Anyways, you can find all the links mentioned at summerinandin.com forward slash 112. Thank you so much for listening today. Definitely check out Tiana's virtual conference. I think that that is information we all need to hear regardless of what size of a body we live in just to have some real data and research to back up health at every size. Thank you again so much for listening today. I will talk to you next time. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanin, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Summer Inanin. If you haven't yet, Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.